Radio Chaser is brought to you by The Ashes. Watch to find out which Aussie players cheat this time. The Ashes. 2019. You really should cut the booze, lose 50 kilos and fulfil your lifelong dream of becoming a YouTube star by taking up extreme parkour. That's why you're here. This isn't a radio show. It's a spiritual journey to help you live your best life. It can't help you achieve any of your goals, but it will make you much, much, much better at sex. Welcome to Radio Chaser. Oh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the show. Andrew Hansen's here. Zoe Norton Lodge is here. My name is Dom Knight. Bags under everyone's eyes from watching the cricket last night, the Ashes victory. Uh, uh, sure. I, I watched all of the Ashes, my favourite sport. Ashes? Yes, okay. yes. I, I do love some ash on my TV, Dommy. What are the Ashes? Just, just me then. Fine. All right, we'll talk about that a bit later on. But first, okay. in reality TV news, Zoe. Look, that's right. I have not been watching the Ashes because I'm addicted to reality TV. It's a curse. It's a problem. I'm going to see someone about it. Um, I have been watching um, Bachelor. I've also been watching Survivor. Have any of you guys been watching Survivor? So I lo- look, I love the original Survivor. I still remember, uh, like, Rupert, was that his name? The guy with the big beard? Oh, uh, yeah, it was. But where's your fishing? patriotism? What about the Aussie version? Yes. Well, tell us, what's what's going on with the Aussie version? Well, look, Zoe? I'll just leave it. Let's just hear the, the promo to really get a big sense of it, shall we? We've seen Survivor champions versus contenders. This year, it's North Shore versus Lower North Shore. Two identically conservative tribes sharing a very small gene pool, toughing it out in the most unfamiliar, inhospitable territory yet. Newtown. It's so rough, one contestant won't even make it over the bridge. It's too far down. I've got the bends. First up, it's the gruelling craft beer challenge. Can you pick a double-hopped IPA from an extra, extra XPA? They all just taste like doorknobs. Worst wine ever. Next up, you have three hours to find a coffee that's not in a jar. It can't be done, sir. Served by a man who does not have a twirly beard and a moustache. The task you set us is impossible. Then... Wander through this street market to find some jewellery made by this guy. Hello! That you'd be happy to give your mother. What's this necklace made of? Toenails? Yep, and me right incisor. Survivor North Shore versus Lower North Shore battle it out in terrifying Newtown, where anything can happen. That private helicopter shot on my head. That was a pigeon, mate. Triple M's Radio Chaser. Zoe, Andrew and Dom here from Radio Chase Up. So look, guys, if you haven't really been um, diligently watching Survivor like I have because you're, un- you're uneducated, I just wanted to kind of mm. ta- kind of take you through it. Do you oh. know anything about how the Australian version works? Do you have any... Should I just start from scratch? Are the torches from Bunnings? Uh, look, I would hazard a guess that they... I don't know where else you can get torches, so I'm yeah, guessing true. they are from... But basically, it's divided into... It's champions versus contenders, right? Now, I just have a feeling that in this, that the Survivor production office got a bit tangled up with the I'm a celebrity, get me out of here office because it is littered with celebrities, this oh. Champions Tribe. Like, it's quite, it's ridiculous. Huh? There's a really, there's, there's far more recognisable celebrities on Survivor than there are on I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Is that, maybe that's why. <laughs> Which I think means there's source. at least one, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So <laughs> let me just tell you, and just, I just want to be really clear, this Champions Tribe 
this spoiler mm. alert, if you don't, they're losing. Like they are, they are mm. dramatically oh, the- losing. They're losing every challenge, right? They're going home in droves, right? How ironic. This is who's on this tribe. Stephen Bradbury, gold he's medalist. He's a champion. Right? Although he is normally he- hangs back to the last bit. Right. Well, he's voted out now. He's, he's well gone. Nova Paris, another gold medalist. Yeah. Nova Paris is on okay. this show. Half the show's in the water, right? Susie Maroney. Susie Maroney, she'd have an unfair advantage. Huge yep. champion. Gone. Gone. Voted out. How? Oh, she's gone. Yeah, because this team that's full of all these people, who's it's also got like four footy players. I mean, I've never heard of them, but apparently they're quite they famous. They sink to the bottom usually, footy players. Yeah. But anyway, so this this tribe, oh, and a guy called Ross Clark Jones, who's a big wave surfer as well, right? This tribe that is full of professional athletes and Olympic gold medalists is mercilessly losing. I'll tell you what, that's the thing I would most have enjoyed at school is a physical competition where all the sportos went down to people like me. That would have been so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, is, it, is that the case? Is the other team like all sort of dumpy nerds like Dommy? Or, or? Oh, look, there's a few dummies on the team. Yes. I must have. Yeah, there is. But, but there's also like when you kind of just scratch the surface, it's a bit of a rot because one of these contenders, and these are supposed to be the losers who've just never had a break, mm. is mm. A, a former professional AFL player who's engaged to Megan Gale. Yeah, okay, that's not really a contender. No, I saw... Well, that's more of a champion. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. one of the contenders. Anyway, look. So what, are there no normal people on this show? Because I, I thought the whole point of Survivor yeah. was you took normal people and they had to survive, not like I Susie mean, Maroney. I, <laughs> look, I mean, funny. I think the thing about Survivor, at least this version, is there's about 8,500 people on the show and we're slowly weeding out the celebrities. So I think that eventually we're going to come to know that there may be the odd normal human being there, but that's yet to be proven. So look, yeah, and if they can afford to dump a big name like Stephen Bradbury so early in the process, <laughs> who's still in there? Who's, who's going to win? I have absolutely... Oh, Pia Miranda. I forgot about her. She's in it, oh, right? She's yeah, in yeah, it. How, this is the, I'm forgetting celebrities. So Pia Miranda... I give her a good shot. And the other person who I give a good shot to is a lady called Janine who owns Boost Juice. Janine Ellis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Legendary entrepreneur. She would have enough sort of plastic little lids to just swim out of there. On yep. a bath of Get plastic Get swim lids. out of there on her plastic little lids, I suppose, Dommy. You're a clear fan of juice and television. And you're watching this why? Radio Chaser is brought to you by The Ashes. We smashed England and we didn't even cheat with sandpaper. I think... The Ashes. Yeah, well, you remember everyone went nuts about that movie Snakes on a Plane a few years ago. Oh yeah, uh, it's come. It's it's almost come true. Almost come true. I don't know if you've. I don't know if you've ever heard the sound of a bat on a plane. Oh, <laughs> but this this is what it sounds <laughs> oh, like when a bat flies around inside a moving aeroplane. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's not a bat. Is it? Mm, yeah. It's not a bat, is it? Not a bat, is it? To which the answer is yes. It's so, a bloody bat. If it was a vampire bat, that really would have gotten interesting. <laughs> well, uh, so can you please provide some facts to accompany that soundbite yes. of a bat on a plane for me? No, no, I can't, Zoe. No, because I didn't look into the facts because I was just so amused to see that there was a bat on a plane. Oh, what seems to be excellent sonar that stops it, them from. Is it like a support animal? <laughs> like a guide bat? Yeah, because but well, it's unclear how it got there. Maybe maybe it is a support animal. Like somebody is, feels great comfort when they <laughs> hold a bat, but I kind of doubt it. When the shrieking, yeah, especially when it takes off. I mean, I, but I suppose I can sort of see why a, a plane would appeal to a bat. I mean, it it does have a, a coat rack with hanging space. Um, you know, it's <laughs> sort of dark. Uh, but no, it's not clear. Not clear why it was there. 
but everybody made it quite safely, apparently, including the bat. So good news. Hey, it's been a bit of a, a thing, a weird things on planes day in the news, uh, Dom and Zoe. There's another thing that um, I, I just was struck by how many weird things people are bringing in. I mean, for one, this airline employee was found with a shipping container full of ice, uh, which you're not supposed to do. But there was also a dude who tried to carry, tried to bring a knife on a plane, and his cunning way of concealing the knife was he hid it inside a bunch of flowers, <laughs> and amazingly enough, got caught because even if you take a bunch of flowers through a metal detector, I don't know if you know this. It still knows that there's a knife inside the bunch of flowers. Oh, so I mean, clever. I'm just not even sure you can take a bunch of flowers on a plane That's anyway. True, like, isn't it, you know, is. plant, you know, certainly not in, not in Australia without yeah. quarantine. If you've got a pollen allergy, that could be fatal. Maybe that was his plan, Dommy. That, that's true. Like, if that guy held me up, if I was a pilot and he held me up with a bunch of lilies, I, I would be unconscious within seconds. I seriously would. <laughs> I think that might have been his plan all along, just to, you know, hold up the crew with a bunch of pollen-rich or, or, or he was like, you know what? I, I don't normally carry a knife, but there could be a bat on this plane. <laughs> someone's going to have to defeat it somehow. Yeah, Andrew, all those great stories about fun things on planes. There's one actually is another um, a knife, story strictly in the speaking, news. isn't a fun thing on a plane. That's just, true. Just doing a little uh, uh, a clarification. Bunch of flowers is fun though. Um, a, bat, a bat is and very a bat fun. Is fun. On a plane. <laughs> but look, this is a bit a bit more sinister. Actually, Cathay Pacific. It's been revealed they actually have cameras throughout their planes, and they they film people. They've got sort of CCTV. They've even got cameras in the back of the seats um, now in Cathay. Sorry, what? Yeah, they've got... I've actually... I caught Cathay um, a few months but ago. But I pick my nose all the time on a plane. Does that mean I'm being filmed? Yeah, they've got yes. that footage. So they've sent it to us, actually. Oh, no, and I just told everyone as it well. It is terrible. Um, and look, yeah, I mean, I, I caught Cathay earlier this year, and I've got to say, it made for a pretty interesting flight. Good afternoon, passengers. This is your captain spying on you. I trust you're enjoying your flight. In fact, I can see who's enjoying the flight and who's not, thanks to the tiny cameras in your seatback screens. The woman sitting in 33C is chundering into a bag. Sorry about that. Uh, we may experience some turbulence, but don't worry. Our cameras have image stabilisation, so we can still see how stupid you look when you're scared. Uh, we are expecting a uh, slight delay for our arrival due to weather. Uh, oh, I noticed the man in 9F looking disappointed. Or it's because he's watching Big Bang Theory on his in-flight system at the moment. Uh, toilets are located at the rear. Oh, I notice you, sir, in 26B have already got up three times. Uh, shall I note you down as incontinent or a member of the Mile High Club? Uh, well, I'll just check the uh, the toilet cameras and... Oh, yes, uh, you are incontinent. Uh, still, better than the couple in 51A and B who are giving each other wristies under the complimentary blanket. Well, our flight crew will uh, shortly be moving through the cabin to collect the remaining scraps of your privacy. So, uh, enjoy your flight, and in fact, if you are frowning, we'll note you down as a difficult passenger, and you'll be arrested on arrival. Radio Chaser on Triple M. Your biggest workplace buffer. I mean, stuff up. Andrew. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I stuffed up at work. You did stuff up, Andrew. Whoops. And look, 13353, we do want to hear your massive workplace stuff up. What's something you've stuffed up on the job? And just to kind of wet the whistle to get things started, I thought I'd talk about a, a little stuff up that I read in the news. Today. It was even bigger than Andrew forgetting the word stuff up and saying buff up, right? Oh. I know, even oh. bigger than that. I if hope it's... it doesn't happen again <laughs> the next time we do this. <laughs> okay. So 
A this is about a, sp- a space mission, right? Mm. This guy, his name is Spivak, right? He runs um, something called the Arch Mission Foundation, and it's an, a non-profit whose goal is to create a backup of planet Earth, right? Wow. It's a lofty goal, right? That's yeah. this is their this is their thing, and he was involved. This mission, this this company was involved in sending an Israeli lunar lander into space. Now, we had a lot of at stake on the mission because the spacecraft was carrying um, the Foundation's first lunar library, which was a DVD-sized archive containing 30 million pages of information, human DNA samples, and thousands of something called water bears. Water bears. Now, are you familiar with a water bear? Are they, are they in the same sort of thing as like the little shop and then the Ushies <laughs> and then maybe Aldi has water bears? Yeah, exactly. And you go on the morning show and you cut them up. No, you don't do that. So a water bear is a microscopic creature. They're actually incredibly cute. They look like kind of little bears with a little kind of like, I don't know, a circle for, for a where the face should be, just like a plain sort of... That's a terrible description. But they're a funny little creature. But the main thing about water bears is that they're totally indestructible, right? They can survive above boiling temperature, below freezing temperature. They can survive human-killing levels of radiation. They can go without food and water for years. And they can survive in the vacuum of space without any protection, right? Man, so they're not like cockroaches, but even more so. You're Richard Wilkins. Like cockroaches, (laughs) Richard Wilkins times a million, right? Anyway, so when the Israelis confirmed that the lunar lander had crashed on the moon, spilling water bears everywhere, this guy Spivak was faced with a realisation, oh my goodness, I have just smeared the toughest animal in the known universe across the surface of the moon. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Spivak. Yeah, so that's a pretty big workplace stuff-up, right? Or as we (laughs) also call it, your biggest workplace buffer. That's right. Stuff up. <laughs> uh, How sorry, did you do I did it, it again? Andrew, anyway, so look, one triple three five three. I want to hear your biggest work stuff up. Did you break the moon or did you break <laughs> the coffee machine? What did you do? You make it. I broke a glass. I was just sort of walking along here. That is, broke a glass in the middle of the carpet. Not as bad as the water bears, but there was water all over the floor of, of Triple M. Well, there you go. One triple three five three. Call in. Tell us about your workplace stuff up. Hello, yes. Jeff Lynn, he's finally on Triple M. Go, Jeff. Oh, that's a workplace stuff up in the music department. Right here, no, Chase, one, workplace triple success. three, five, three. We want to know about your stuff up at work next. Your biggest workplace buffer. I mean, stuff up. Every time, Andrew. One, triple, three, five, three. Oh. Chase, the lines are open. What is your biggest workplace stuff up? We want to hear your story. Let's go to Alan from Penrith. Hey, Alan, what was your workplace stuff up? G'day, team. How are you? Good. Uh, in the early 80s, I got a job fresh out of school. Uh, there was a TV factory in my hometown. Do you remember Rank Arena? They used to make TV cabinets. Yes. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, we used to have a Rank Arena. It was, it was a yeah. little logo of a guy hitting a gong. Mm. That's it. That's it. J. Arthur Rank from, from England. Anyway, they <clears throat> made the cabinets, and they used to import this aluminium steel to highlight the frame. Anyway, it was my job to uh, stack these in nice rows at the end of the assembly line. And uh, I destroyed 200 in one day. <gasps> oh, 200 TVs. Yeah, what happened was I had to carry them on my hip. I happened what? to have an old pair of jeans on. on and this hip? is before any workplace uh, uh, issues. And uh, I rested them on my hip. And as I 
hoisted them up uh, to stack them, I uh, took a huge chunk out of the corner of uh, 200 um, cabinets. That's extraordinary. Oh, Alan, what are you doing carrying them on your... They're not babies, you know. <laughs> well, on your hip, mate. they did a big forensic audit and the boss came down and uh, they traced it right back to the assembly line. What's going wrong? And they looked at my genes and they said, you. So I, I asked if they, they, they wouldn't tell uh, Mr. Rank and they said, look, don't worry, he's dead. And I said, well, probably just as well. <laughs> Are you the reason the Australian TV industry is dead? Alan, it's entirely up to you. Well, you don't see rank anymore. You don't see pie. You don't see... I reckon they all went out of uh, business on the assembly line. Yes, they had too many people like you carrying the stuff around on their head. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, dear. What was the cost of that? Like 200 TVs, what's that worth? Well, I, I remember when my grandparents first bought a TV, it was $1,000, which is a lot of money in the 70s. And, uh, you know, because they imported the aluminium uh, frame from England, uh, I think, uh, oh, gee, you're probably looking at, uh, you know, $100 a set uh, for the cabinet. So quite a, quite a, lot, a lot of money. I didn't last very long. I, I, I left. You left. So, sorry, you weren't fired for that, for, for no, breaking 200 fired. of the one thing you were supposed <laughs> to, to deal with? No, no, no. I, I thought... Um, I thought I'd stick it out as long as I could, but my number came up as a as a school teacher, so I thought I'd go and destroy children instead. Radio Chaser is brought to you by The Ashes. Five days of the best cricket ever. Or two and a half days if you watch it on Fast Forward. The Ashes. Triple M, this is Radio Chaser. Dom, Andrew and Zoe now. And look at Andrew and Zoe. Huge night uh, for cricket fans, really. We beat England uh, by 250-odd runs. It was huge. It was very, very exciting. I know you didn't really watch or care, but there is one aspect of this that I think we've got to focus on. It was Steve Smith's test, right? He was man of the match, and he is one of the most superstitious weirdos around in world sport. So in honour of Smithy and his great test, we've got a very special edition of this. Very superstitious. We've got a list here of some of the bizarre superstitions cricketers have. I mm. want you to tell me, do they make sense? Let's start with Smithy himself, all right? Oh, yeah. Uh, he hates shoelaces. Uh, Does he? Yeah, yeah. So he gets his shoelaces taped down. He tapes them to his socks before he goes out there. And he says, I've always had an issue with looking at my shoelaces when I'm batting. He gets distracted by his shoelaces. Does that make any sense? Looking at them while batting. Is because he's like, is he busy looking for sandpaper and it's just distracting <laughs> if there's shoelaces? It's bizarre, isn't it? So there's thousands of fans there, many of them booing him, and he's kind of going, oh, oh, the shoelaces, I can't stand it. Yeah, doesn't make he a lot of sense. tapes them to his socks. But, I mean, your socks get sweaty. That wouldn't even work. The tape would peel off, wouldn't but, it? Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to work out uh, cricket boots that don't have shoelaces on them at all. I don't know if he'll you get that. just wear Crocs to you, do it. <laughs> sure, that would be great. Okay, here's another Smithy one. Um, he will not eat duck. The evening before a match. <laughs> Absolutely true. <laughs> he won't touch the stuff. Is that because he doesn't want to get out for a duck? Yeah, exactly moment. right. And uh, I mean, also, it's quite heavy. You know, <laughs> duck a la range or something. <laughs> Peking yeah. duck. That almost makes sense, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. It's not lean meat, is it? So. Uh, so another Steve, Steve War, who's actually out there with the team in the UK, he had a red rag, like a kind of handkerchief, bright red. He wiped the sweat off his forehead with it one day while batting, got 157. So he kept that rag in his pocket in every game for the next 11 years. Does that make sense? Oh, it's disgusting. I don't yeah, know if he washed it. I mean, is he growing like a colony of water bears on his little <laughs> yeah, red rag? Well, it was actually, he, he never changed his baggy green either. So he had the most disgusting looking cap at the end of his career. 
Well, it might not have been the rag, though. I mean, it makes no sense. Unless he also wears exactly the whole outfit, including the same underpants That's that so he had true. on. You know, it's not the rag. It's, it's the same it's... box that you never wash. That would have been yes. lovely. All right, what do you think of this one? This is another very popular one. The number 111, right? Whenever that comes up on the scoreboard, that's unlucky because it looks like three cricket stumps with the bales taken off. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, visually it makes sense. Mm. As, I mean, what do, you, what, what do you do about this? You run around and just shove your finger up your nose. I'm and, glad you like, asked. Yeah. Because the umpire, David Shepherd, whenever that happened, he would always like cock one leg to get rid of what the superstition, <laughs> to get rid of the bad luck. Sorry. What? He cocked a leg like a dog. He sort of lift his leg up. Why is the umpire involved in this stupid thing? I don't know. Is the umpire like, oh, it's bad luck that the game of cricket will continue and be good for one team and bad for the other? And he cocked... Sorry. Yeah, no, he very bizarre. No, I just don't even... Did he do anything else? He peed on the stuff. No, he didn't. He was known for that. And look, a final one here. The Sri Lankan cricketer... It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's not crazy. so dumb. Um, Lasith Malinga, the, the cricketer who just retired from Sri Lanka, he kissed the ball every time before he started his run-up. Kissed like a full tongue kiss? Patched just... the ball. But that's, everyone rubs the ball on their crutch, right? Yep. Yeah. And then he kisses it. Yeah. <laughs> he says, oh, he's an oral man. He knows oh, where it's okay. been. Okay, well, yeah. you look, that makes more sense. I mean, at least you're getting something out of it. Yeah, that's true. Now, by the way, <laughs> on the, the duck that Steve yeah, Smith would refuse something. to eat, he once <laughs> forgot to, to, eat, to not eat duck and ate it before the match. Got a double century, so he's given up on that one. Radio Chaser is brought to you by The Ashes. Funny, I can't even remember what happened in the World Cup. The Ashes.